0: Hang out so
1: that darn technology,
0: that darn technology. Okay, I see the live button there live. So, hello, welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO podcast. My name is Josh Pachinsky. With me, as always, is my co host Chase. Chase gives a thumbs up. Uh, you might want to say something because this will eventually be a podcast later, and thumbs up are kind of hard. Hello, to hear. everyone, welcome. <laughs> The arduous hello, fine, I can't just make hand gestures. And our special guest this week is Ted Kubitis. Ted, why don't you introduce yourself, I'm not sure how you want to do that.
1: Well I'm, I'm an in-house SEO and uh, I've come on board today to uh, uh, help defend the black hat community which a lot of people. Felt didn't get justice last time around.
0: Okay. So uh, I'm,
1: I'm not a black hat by trade, but I'm in that community every day. And I feel I I understand their viewpoints, and I'm sympathetic to their mission, and I think I can represent them fairly well.
0: All right, then. Well, then, fantastic. We would, we would hate to aggrieve the black hat community, as you put it. He, so, he's just nodding his head, he's, he's where, not going to touch that one. <laughs> okay,
2: All right. have only start? got
0: about half an hour so let's get right to it guys. Uh, first off, we're going to talk about what's new in Black Hat SEO and what's new in White Hat SEO. Um, Ted already mentioned he wanted to play the role of a Black Hat this week, I guess that means I'll play the role of a White Hat. Uh, Chase, you can jump into either side as you see fit. And, uh I can start with what's new in the white hat SEO uh, area of things so uh, this week in the last little while actually people have been uh, in the white hat communities have been really interested and uh, worried about both the mobile first index and also they've been interested in thinking about um, the uh, the amp the amp the accelerated mobile pages uh, that uh, Google's pushing on us and they've been doing uh, more hangouts recently on accelerated mobile pages and they want us to push our uh, our stuff over to that. Uh, do you guys know what, uh, what should I explain what AMP and the mobile first index is all about you think? Well you should for the viewers. Definitely. So accelerated mobile, p- mobile pages, essentially AMP is another kind of, I mean this is a really simple way of putting it and very technical people might have a bit of a disagreement with this, but to Make it very simple. AMP is essentially another HTML specification that you can write your pages in. It's very uh, very bare bones. It doesn't allow a lot in the way of designing and a lot of the a lot of the way of style. Uh, it's restricted in terms of program programming, and it's restricted in the way that uh, you can advertise on it. Google takes that content and hosts it hosts it actually on their servers. and that way it's served super, super fast. I've been browsing some AMP pages recently, and they're super fast. Like, you click on them on your mobile, and they're there. Like They're they're there, just like that. And that is, of course, why Google argues you should do it. Um, And uh, the mobile first index is they're moving from the desktop index they've had ever since they've started. And now they're going to be changing the user agent on their Google bot to a mobile user agent. So that means your web servers are going to serve out the mobile version of the site and they're going to be indexing and ranking you on the mobile version of the site. So at first thought you're like okay that's not such a big deal but maybe when you start peeling back the uh, the layers you start realizing some of the consequences of this. Uh, what what does the uh, what, what what do the uh, the black hats in residence have to say about these kinds of great Google inventions? Well,
1: I I think uh basically google's rolling back cuz one of the things that uh, the black hat community has been accused of for years and years and years is cloaking and out of cloaking came one of the primary methodologies of even serving a mobile website and that's the the method of having the server detect and redirect to different content while using the same urls That's technically cloaking, and that's what, you know, powered uh, having mobile versus desktop in the beginning.
0: That's a good Um, point.
1: And then again, we're talking about uh, hidden content on pages. And in mobile, it is necessary to have your content hidden in divs so that it's consumable by an appropriate user interface. Again, that's Google rolling back to cloaking. And these are things that were called black hat obviously they started before there was a rule so they're white hat and now they're coming white hat again
0: right um so so
1: i i think the black hat community is probably saying well duh we've been saying (laughs) this all along they
0: they they say that a lot they say that a lot so do you as a black as speaking for black hats and and, uh, probably an an odorous uh uh a feat to do but do do you do you trust the AMP implementations? Do you trust the mobile first index? Do you think this is a clandestine plot? Um, you know, it's it's another
1: thing, one among many. Uh, Google is most likely doing it to make money, but I don't see any harm in making money. And everyone in the Black Hat community wants to make money. I, I think that's all fine. I, I don't think so, it's a plot. Wait. I, wait, you think the AMP index
2: is for? For money, they're doing that for money. Uh,
1: They usually are. Um, When you look at other, well, let's let's look at some of the decisions Google has done in the past. Like uh, the uh, instant update uh, is a great one, um, where as you type, they start to show you results uh, in the search engine. That has the net effect of normalizing keywords into shorter, more canonical. So you may have had the intent of typing a uh, pink ribbon bracelet, but by the time you type in pink R, you're seeing results. You end up seeing the results for pink ribbon, which is a shorter tail keyword that ultimately drove more competition into AdWords, driving up the bidding and made Google money. Uh, it also had the convenience of allowing users to type less. So it's not always you know, about the money, they're probably out to help people too. It just had the beneficial benefit of making Google lots of money and driving up bidding. Uh, so well, I, keep- I would imagine that this caching, because what's happening here is it's a cache. Uh, the caching is probably cost reduction on Google's end. Um, they're going to be able to serve things up faster, they're going to be able to show more ads, they're going to be able to provide better experience, draw back more people. In the end, I bet it, it's money.
2: Well also... I keep, sorry Chase, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, I keep hearing all these negatives from AMP. Um, everybody's worried that uh, Google's going to be using all your content on their server, so it's not technically on your website, but I mean, I, I honestly... I don't see that many negatives besides that, so like can you guys maybe explain what what everybody's so worried about? Well two things,
1: you're giving Google an irre- irrevocable license uh, to hold and, uh, and to host your content. Uh, <laughs> the the other thing is that uh, this is Google's standard, it competes with other standards, um, and you know, there's monopoly force here. We've, we've seen other large companies, <coughs> Microsoft, uh, try to say we are the standard because we're the biggest. And so I think a lot of people are worried that this is Google enforcing themselves on the uh, HTML standard. And so I think there's enough history with these situations to be a little nervous.
2: Yeah, I mean I can see like maybe in the future, you know, Google making this standard where oh, if you're using our AMP servers or whatever, you know, and this is a ranking factor then you're going to also have to use our advertisements. Like that's when I can start to see things getting a little messed up. But as of this moment, like I don't really see that many negatives. Like you're getting higher rankings, you have faster load times which is probably lower bounce rates. The only thing that I really can see that's kind of a- annoying is that you can't really customize AMP. That's the only down downside I can see right now.
0: Yeah. It's it's the the fact that you have limited ways of monetizing your own traffic that you that you gather. It's uh, I, I think the issue is once again, you know, it doesn't look that bad now, <laughs> but in a couple of years, all of a sudden they roll this out and they roll that out, you know. And 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 Ted is right. You are giving them a license to your content, and uh, you know it's it's all the work that you do to to uh, write content, create content, uh, uh, research niches. Find uh, a niche will work. Make the content for it. Uh, market the content to your website that's hosted on Google now, and then you don't have a complete freedom in choice of how you want to monetize that content anymore. Uh, Google is increasingly—they've already—they already do this, of course. Hey, I'm supposed to be the white hat here. They are—they <laughs> already—they already, uh, they already uh, minimize the ways, uh, the business models that we can use to to. To uh, monetize their content in this way or that way. Actually, nothing I'm saying is black hat right now. But now they're going to minimize. Uh, now there's the, the the threat that they can minimize ways that we can monetize the content directly even more by by certain business models being out the window and certain ways of monetizing being out the window. So, okay. That's, that's what's new in White Hat SEO. <laughs> We've got the the Black Hat perspective. What's new? Is there anything new going on in Black Hat SEO that you guys have seen? Or is it the same old fire up SE Nuke and spin your spin your content and fire off your links? Is it the same old, same old, or what's going on in the Black Hat world?
1: Well, uh, black, black Hat is more about poking Google with a stick and uh, finding out what works and what doesn't and peer review. It's not necessarily uh comment spam <laughs> i know there's always some bad actors but those bad actors are you know most of the time struggling businesses who are in desperate situations and not necessarily the black hat community uh, but one thing one thing i think we should definitely bring up is what we would want to see Come out of the black hat community in this next year, and I have this great idea that I hope some rock star PHP code hacker picks up and runs with because I think it'll make them a fortune. And if I didn't already have two software projects going currently, I'd do it myself. Um, what I want to see—it's related to uh, text spinning—I would like to see the black hat community create a WordPress plugin that will spin your content. And I know there's already a few basic ones out there, but I want this one to, uh, you know, be able to say spend, you know, three posts on my site uh, every day and update the last update dates, and that way your site slowly uh, maintains its freshness. Then the part two of this plugin, this is where the money comes into play, is the plugin needs to allow for other people to subscribe to a spun version of your content that they could post under their authorship. So you could find a blog you like and say, hey, this is awesome, I wanna take blog A, blog C, and you know, blog L and have them spin versions of their posts going forward into my blog under my authorship and I'll pay them each 15 bucks a month for that. And uh, since content is king, I think this kind of paid syndication uh, could be huge Uh, because one of the hardest parts is getting good content that you like uh, to, to basically prime your keywords and grow your website over time.
2: Okay, let me respond to that. So, I mean, even though article spinning does work, like the problem with article spinning these days is because of like RankBrain and like how user uh, uh, intent and user experience is like getting turned up. The only way I can see this working in terms of black hat is if you're using all these articles and spinning them so that you can get uh, page authority or domain authority for your site by doing like link silos and then linking to actual quality content. Because when you're doing just random articles that really don't have any meaning, I just don't see um, like you getting any conversions for like or like whatever you're going for? If it's like email signups yeah. or go ahead.
1: I, I, I agree, and and if it was random, that would be the case. But since you're selecting, like, I would pick you know three SEO blogs to get SEO posts from, and you could even craft uh, this uh, subscription to be keyword based. You could say only send me the ones that match this list of keywords. Um. So, you know, I think it would be huge. It would put money uh, into the hands of content writers. It turns content writing instead of, you know, a, a buck per 300 words, it would turn you into a subscription model that could actually make decent revenue. I think it's a huge opportunity. I know Google would hate it and.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, so all the reason to do it right there. And I, the I'd to love right to
1: see there. it in the next year.
0: All right, well, you heard it here, here folks. Uh, Anyone who wants to build that, Ted will be your first subscriber or your first uh, user, <laughs> and he'll Josh, help test a, it out. We have okay, a question guys, for Ted. Now to the meat of the matter. This is where we have a fictitious, a semi-fictitious uh, <laughs> a debate uh, of which is better, black hat or white hat. And uh, so as we already discussed, Ted and, and maybe Chase, if he likes, they can be the black hat guys this week. I'll be the white hat guy this week and I'll start off by saying, clearly white hat is better because scruples on our side. We have scruples on our side. We take the high road on our side. We're the good guys. We're in line with Google. Who's clearly a good company. They're a bunch of good people. Their motto is don't be evil for crying out loud. And so clearly the white hat way to go is the ethical way to go. And anyone who doesn't do that is clearly unethical. What do you guys have to say about that?
1: You sound like you came straight from the comments section of SE round table. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I could have, I could have, and they're right. They're right. All those pesky black hats are terrible. And Hey, my own mother shows up in those comments so much. I should know those comments so well.
1: <laughs> um, You know, I, the, the Black Hat community I see, like on Black Hat World, uh, these, these, like I said before, these are people who poke at the search engine with a stick and see what works. And the reason I like that community so much is there's just this natural inclination towards peer review. They say what they did, they say the result they got, they ask other people to try it and share what results they got. And so they're more you know, scientific. Yeah, I, I don't see that as much like in that SE Roundtable community where it's, you know, you got to you gotta believe in quality and everything will align and then there'll be rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm not drinking that Kool-Aid. I, I like to see cause and effect. And I think people who think that way, you know, tend to gravitate away from, those types of comment threads
0: so you're saying that the black hat community on par is more scientific whereas the white hat community on par is more doctrinal
1: yeah I, I think that's largely the case it's not always the case I know there are lots of white hats uh, that that do share data and do use scientific method uh, but you know there's I think there's a lot more White hats that don't use data and don't like math and don't attribute revenue and and the black hat community is totally different. They're all about making the money. They want to see the results. They don't like the bullshit. Uh, So, you know, they're, they're just very different flavors.
0: I like sorry. I like that comment. They don't white hats don't like math. (laughs) That's a nice little quote. Of course, there are lots of white hats. Like Dr. Pete Myers, for example, would lose his if if he didn't have me blocked on Twitter, he would would, so would never hear this. (laughs) He would lose his shit. He would just lose it. White hats like math. Ah, he'd freak out. Certain like people at Moz would just freak out when you say white hats don't like math. But Dr.
1: Pete is literally the only person I've seen in the comments section of SE roundtable that likes math. The rest of them all reject it and give you hell if you bring it
2: up. <laughs> Chase, do you have something to add? I just I mean, I see SEO in like a completely different way in terms of White Hat. Like when I when I think of White Hat these days, I don't really think about um, What I think about is I think about like the psychology of how people work. So, like I, I'm not really as interested in like the traditional sense of white hat SEO, which is like, oh, just build really co- good content and people will come to it. And then like, oh, but black hat people say, no, don't build content, just spin your content, and create you know all these links. Like, what's white hat to somebody? might not be white hat to somebody else, or what's black hat to somebody might not be black hat to somebody else. And so like there's all these different techniques that kind of cross in between, which you can call gray hat or whatever you want to call it. But like what it really comes down to is like what are you doing to help to get these people to convert into whatever you want them to convert into. So if it's like um, you know, email signups, if you're trying to get them to buy a product, um, all these different things. And, and the way that Google's working these days is that with its algorithms, it's not looking at as much Like the, uh, like it still, of course, looks at links. Um, It still looks at your content, which is like, you know, the two different sides. Like, uh, oh, let's just build all these links and get people to go there. Oh, but the content's not quality, so we have to be white hat. You know, what it really comes down to is what is the intent behind these people? I don't care if it's black hat or if it's white hat, whatever you're doing. When you're getting people to your site, whether it be through like building a bunch of links or building a bunch of content, are they going to the site off of Google? for a certain intent and are they going to the site and converting off of whatever sort of user experience you're providing to them. So in my opinion, it's going less into like, oh is it white hat or is it black hat? And it's going into more like, okay, what can we get to show to these people that's going to be what they want and how can we get them to convert into customers? Which is completely different than like the previous conception of like SEO which back in the day was like, oh there's all these people who are just trying to do all this content or all these people are just trying to build links. It's, it's kind of, it's meshing in between these days. So, I mean, it's kind of hard for me to say, like, what you know, what community is, like, you know, correct, because I feel like they're both cor- correct, because they're both meshing together these days. So, are you, so, are you saying that, because
0: on the one hand, you know, this is part of the, kind of the joke of, of, this, seg- of this segment, because it's, it's a subjective determination, which is, quote, unquote, better. So, it's kind of hard to determine which is better, you know, black hat or white hat, and that kind of schoolyard way, right? Which is better. My mom's better than your mom. You know, like there's no way there's no way of determining this, right? That's part of the joke. The other part of the joke is as as you said, there's so many different ideas of what is quote unquote black hat and what is quote unquote white hat. Um and then there's a gray hat thrown in the middle for anything we can't classify or, or is kind of in the middle. So but but user gauging user intent, that's typically what the white hats are talking about. Usually the white hats are the ones Typically, who are talking about uh, making sure that the that the end customer is, is, is finds what they're looking for? That's what Google tells everyone to do. Are are you saying that's that's not a white hat thing, or are or, or are you saying there's a different kind of hat? So what I'm some, saying is that you can move beyond white hat and black hat and
2: all be friends and eat cake. What I'm saying is that there are certain things that work these days, like for instance, skyscraper content, you know, outranking other people with similar content but longer form content, which also goes into okay, how are we getting these links? Are we gonna be doing automation? Is that black hat? Is that white hat? Are we gonna be um well, that's pretty doing clear like black hat what automation? Uh, automatically getting links? <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm saying outreaching <clears throat> through email. So there's ways to do this where you can automate uh, with uh, dynamically replacing people's names and phone numbers and all this stuff where you can ask them to contribute to your post which is almost guaranteed that they're going to link to it because they're contributing to it and then you're getting links like that or are you where You did not specifically ask for a link so technically it's not black hat right technically it's not but in a way it is because you're doing all this automation so like for instance if you're going on YouTube and you're doing all these different videos of content breakdowns that you're doing into a giant skyscraper article and you're taking people from automation and you're uh, just taking their random quotes and just plugging them in to your article and then getting links like that. And then you're also taking all these different OG data, uh, 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 different specifications and sharing different uh, videos from the same post over and over and over but as different uh, s- uh, social shares and you're getting all these social signals but at the same time you're doing automation whether it be through you know broken uh, link building automation whether it be through social media automation on like all the different you know, huge social media uh, platforms because in some areas it's not uh, really considered black hat if you're doing social media automation like for instance on Instagram or if you're doing it on YouTube you can get your entire account removed. So there's all these different guidelines between all these different search algorithms because everything's a search uh, engine these days. Well not everything but most things like you know Facebook's a search engine, YouTube's a search engine. So you can can get some serious um, signals sent to Google with a lot of different things that may or may not be considered white hat or black hat but you have to kind of pick your battles and say, okay, how how, how much am I weighing into my, my, my process, the different things that I'm doing that might be considered really sketchy? And one of the things I did want to say really quick is uh Aaron had a question for you, Josh. She said, um, can you get full analytics with AMP? And then we had another question. Somebody said, Mo Deep said, can you guys talk about parasite sites? And I don't know what that is. Maybe you guys know what that is. Uh okay, so the first question,
0: um, I don't know how robust the analytics suite for AMP is right now. Um, Paul Bacchus, I think is how you pronounce his last name, B-A-K-A-U-S. He's the head of AMP at Google. He recently did a Hangout uh, on Google. And um, I remember him talking about this a little bit, but I don't think the analytics suite for AMP is very robust. Uh, the programming languages, the platforms, the libraries are, are getting somewhat robust. But unless Ted or you guys know different than I do, I don't think there's much analytics for it. Um, uh, I'm not even sure. I think you can use Google Analytics for it. I'm not even sure about that, to tell you the truth. So, so in truth, I actually don't know. Um, the second question, uh, parasite sites, that sounds like a blackout thing. I could take a stab at answering it. I don't know if uh, Ted has a better answer for what parasite sites are.
1: I'll let you take a stab while I uh, verify my thoughts on it.
0: <laughs> he's always checking checking his opinion, looking at it twice. Going to find out if he's black hat or not. Um, <laughs> so, uh, OK, so Parasite sites, well, typically Parasite pages, I don't know what Parasite sites, Parasite pages are where you host a page on another giant authoritative server. Like, for example, you get an article on Forbes, you get an article on uh, HuffPost or you get an article, you you put a product on Walmart. That could be considered kind of a parasite page where it's much easier to rank it in some ways because um, you use that site's authority, you use that site's quality, you use that site's trust, and when you do that, certain doors, so the black hat uh, uh, community, (laughs) they're going to really hate being called a community, so certain black hats say, it's easier than to point just crap links at it and automate your links and and stuff like that because some of the, they, they claim those pages are more highly trusted uh, uh, by Google because they're located on larger sites. Uh, personally, as as the more white hat-ish person, I stray I stray against that just from risk mitigation. It's a very it's a tactic that's been long, around for a very, very long time and Google is well aware, well, well aware of it. Any of those kinds of automatic links you're pointing to it are probably not going to help you very much. They're probably going to be mostly be ignored. But it's going to be really hard to, there are some risk mitigation. So that from a business standpoint might not be the most viable thing, although you could do all the other more clever ways of getting links that Chase mentioned. Like, like, hey, why don't you link to my Forbes article, or hey, why don't you contribute to my Forbes article, and then get links back that way, and they look more white hat-ish, and those are probably going to work. Um, but I, but again, I have a general rule of thumb when it comes to Google. Any strategy that can be manipulated, uh, they're eventually going to find out about because everyone on Warrior Forum and Black Hat Forum, Black Hat World, find out about it and start talking about it, and Google reads those forums, and they eventually find out about it. So. I try, and if I'm going to put on my black hat for a second and pretend I'm a black hat, I always try to exploit the algorithms that have very weak security built in because they're not as old. The linking algorithms have a lot of security built in because they're 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 robust security built in because they're very old algorithms. It's the legacy PageRank algorithm they've been ranking sites on since 1998 or whatever, 1999. I try and exploit algorithms like the rank brain algorithm or other algorithms that uh, like the featured snippet algorithm that don't have a lot of security built in already because people don't know about them, they don't believe they exist, they don't think Google can do it, and so there's and and Google is not telling them or telling anybody how it works anymore. So it's it they have much less security built in. And so in some ways they're much easier to exploit.
1: Ted? Chase? Well, <clears throat> on parasite sites it's such a a a broad topic I mean there's like dozens of different ways that one website can parasite off of a host site Um, you can parasite you know traffic you could try to do uh, uh, parasitism on the search traffic you could bleed resources like I could uh, show images on my site that are hosted on your site and use up your server bandwidth I could
0: yeah, you know, I, like that
1: I could uh, parasite your content I could you know be, there, there are so many areas uh, on how to parasite who to parasite and what your goals are there are bound to be niche pockets in there where it can be effective um, the problem uh, I see with it is it kind of blends into negative SEO. You're, you're trying to get ahead at the expense of someone else. Um, it's probably not always that way, um, but uh, in, in that regard, it's, you know, not, not good karma. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it's, it's bound to, to have its niche successes here and there.
0: Okay, cool. All right, guys, let's move on to the next section. Uh, what would Google what? do? This is the speculative segment where we think about what Google might do in the future. Last week, I I, I speculated, what is Google going to do with AMP? At the very end of the podcast, I thought, what is Google going to do if AMP fails? And that I'd like to explore a little bit more on this on this uh, segment, if we can. So. AMP clearly is a way for them to try and get more control of user signals, more control of web signals, more control of web content, more control of their way to monetize web content. What if Google AMP fails and goes the way of Google Plus or goes the way of Google Wave or Google Well, Plus? It has
1: to. It, it absolutely has to. What has um, to? AMP. It, it has to eventually become completely unnecessary. It's a function of Moore's law. Please, networks, can... will, networks will get faster, computers will get faster, and the amount of time it takes to serve a complicated website will get shorter and shorter. Um, so if, if Moore's law is real, then uh, AMP is a temporary band-aid to a temporary problem.
0: Right. That I, That's a very smart observation. I like that quite a bit. Um... Yeah, and of course, it's interesting because the that's, that's the rhetorical reason why AMP exists. We know we've already touched on the real reason why AMP exists is because it's a, a clandestine way for Google to gain more power and more control over the monetizing web traffic. Uh, but the reason they say it exists, and the reason why they want it, is because, oh, it's better for the user experience because our servers are so blisteringly fast, it's way faster for the user experience. And because everyone else's servers and everything are so slow, and people don't know how to build websites properly, quote, with my, I have my, for podcast listeners, I have my big, huge scare quotes going, like giant, huge scare quotes. They don't know how to make uh, web pages uh, properly for mobile uh, so that they use big huge big, huge images. And on 3G and LTE, it's downloading too slow. That's what why they say that's their justification for why you should be using it for for PR purposes but what Ted here is smartly saying well that's actually a false argument because in a couple of years if Moore's law uh, holds out Moore's law is the computing the law about computing and how it doubles every X number of years I can't remember what the actual law says but how it quickly computers get faster and better every year and that eventually inevitably if that law holds true, or that our networks are going to be so fast that you can have a one gigabyte web page and it'll download like that. And so they'll have no more uh, uh, argument, they'll have no more room to stand on by saying that your average mobile site's too slow for mobile. And then
2: then, what are they going to say? Then what will Google well, do? I think the only way that they are actually going to change it back though for AMP not being like a ranking factor or like some sort of… Uh, you know, uh, uh, way to kind of game the system on mobile is if Google can see that the user experience on regular or just regular websites without AMP on mobile is outweighing the user experience on, uh, on mobile for AMP. And I think the real reason why they actually did AMP isn't just to take over, but I think the real reason is they're like, okay, we know that uh, mobile traffic is becoming super important, you know, everybody, uh, is seeming to go to all these websites off of our search engine from, from mainly mobile. You know, more than fifty percent now. I think it might even be more than sixty percent now. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I there. do know. But I do know that the reason why, at least I think why they're doing this, is because they think that if they can give instant results to people, they're going to be less likely to bounce off and go to other uh, sites and or to other search engines. And the other thing is that if you think about it, um, it's going to be harder to do Black Hat on AMP because there's only these certain standards that you have to go, uh, you, have to, you have to abide to, right? I don't think you can do certain techniques that, so they can really templatize this and really get rid of a lot of the Black Hat SEO techniques that people are using.
0: That, that, could, be, that could be partially true as well. Anything on page uh, anyway, uh, off page Black Hat you'd still be doing and, cons- and conceivably would still be a ranking factor. But, uh, yeah, so if, if AMP, uh, so, so when that inevitability happens and AMP no longer exists uh, or is unnecessary, what do you think Google's response is going to be? Is it, is it going to be a fait accompli well, in it, that, well, everyone has already moved to AMP already, so we might as well just keep it?
1: It's or a one-two we- punch. Uh, you know, it's, they're going to evolve. Instead of becoming obsolete, they'll just become the world's largest
0: CDN. Right, so it'll be a fait complete. It'll be everyone's already hosted on our Google servers, so yeah, we don't need AMP anymore for speed because because your your average mobile phone connection is is as fast as a cable modem in your house these days, but uh, you know on cable modems are so fast we can do eight K video from net streaming on Netflix, while also watching yeah, Dancing but, with the Stars but, or
1: whatever. But to keep your websites fast, you now have to pay $15 a month for CD. Right,
0: because it costs Google a lot of money to maintain all these servers for us. This get your violin out, this beautiful service they do for us out of the kindness of their little hearts costs so much money that <laughs> you know, we're going to have to start a subscription model. Someone in some Google uh, room, boardroom, with a complete straight face. I had, they, <laughs> well, you know, well, it's just glasses up like this like in it, complete if, nerd fashion.
1: If you wanted to take over the CDN industry, you'd give it away for free. You would drive okay. out the competition, make them go out of business. And then you'd start charging.
0: Just buy the other the CDN companies so you can own more of the internet backbone more and more internet backbone you, you own and the more and more websites you have on your servers, uh, means the more and more web traffic and internet traffic you can police for the, the NSA. Which could be why <laughs> which could be why Matt cuts quit as the head of web spam and immediately went and started working for the Pentagon. <laughs>
1: yeah, we're getting a little tinfoil here though.
0: That's not tinfoil, dude. That is not tinfoil in any yeah, way. I, I know I
1: know he did, but
0: That would have been that would have been gospel truth had Hillary Clinton gotten in office It's just because Trump surprised Google and the rest of the world quite frankly That that Google had absolutely no inroads to the Trump administration whatsoever that they had a a job post on Google for Conservative outreach manager not even like conservative conservative uh, liaison conservative outreach manager meaning we have no ties into them whatsoever We need someone
2: to do some outreach so we can work our little way in there we, we should start changing this podcast to the tinfoil hat SEO debate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no. All right. This has been uh, the uh, episode two of White Hat versus Black Hat. I'd like to thank my co host, Chase, as always, and our special guest, Woo! Ted Kabaitis. Ted, Chase, do you have a final little thing you want to say for all the, all the kitties out there?
1: Yeah. Keep, keep fighting the good fight, uh, people at Black Hat World. You know, keep poking Google with the stick and let us know how it works out because I, I live and breathe
2: off that info. Chase? Um, I'm just going to say skyscraper technique.
0: <laughs> and you can email him. You can email him for what the hell that means or maybe you can explain it in the next podcast. All right, thanks very much, guys. My name is Josh Pashinsky. This has been White Hat versus Black Hat Episode 2 Podcast. Tune in in a couple weeks. We'll probably take Christmas off. I don't know, we'll, I'll talk with these guys, but tune in in a couple weeks, and uh, watch our Twitter, watch our YouTubes, and stuff like that, and we'll have another podcast out to you as soon as we can, and we wish you a happy holidays, and uh, uh, put your tinfoil hat on, and, and, and dream, <laughs> dream a little dream of what you can do to Google.